Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. This is episode 272 of the podcast. Hey, yes, yes, and proud we are of all of that. Yeah, most of this podcast might be a short one because I, I wrote the majority of this while in a deep, deep pit of depression. Okay, last, yes. Last week, last week was a difficult week, but I'm bouncing back. And so uh, a, a lot of the things that I wrote in the beginning – we're like the easy way out. So I've got I've got little bits and I don't have a lot of script, but but it it's still a full show. Okay. Okay. So first off, you ready to do this, buddy? Yes. Okay. Bunny! Yes. We are time traveling because I have kept roughly 95% of the scripts that I have ever used for this podcast. They are scribbles like a fucking serial killer's manifesto. Yes. Yes. It is insane the amount of and, writing. And it's done. really good that you've done that because sooner or later, you're going to make a killing on eBay with those. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I have a massive amount of I have a massive amount of scripts that I've used for the podcast. So we will be time traveling. We are going back. How far back? 100 episodes ago. Yes. Is how far back we are going to episode 172. Okay. The movie was Fifty Shades of Grey. I couldn't tell you a thing about it. I cannot believe no. that I watched the film numerous times. I couldn't tell you a thing. I couldn't tell you a thing about it. I, I can I can vaguely remember what she looked like. Uh, yeah, I know what she looked like because she was a, a, a fairly attractive woman for not having any acting ability. Yes. She had the acting ability of a wet news, a wet sandwich. She was yes. a wet sandwich. And then the the homework, because we did that back then, was the film The Day Mars Invaded Earth. Couldn't tell you a goddamn thing about what that was. Couldn't tell you what The Day Mars Invaded Earth was about, and I couldn't tell you what Fifty Shades of Grey was about, but I can tell you that the next episode, 173... We did a ghost story, and I remember that like the back of my hand. Yes. Jesus. Oh, next, Lord. Next week, a bizarre 2017 experimental ghost drama. Get ready for some exciting pie action, Bunny, is yes. what I wrote here. That is what I that I remember vividly because I, eventually I will be telling it to a therapist. But I remember, so a ghost story won 50 yeah. Shades of Hero so far. But here's the biggest takeaway. Here's the biggest takeaway from these notes here. There's a ridiculous amount of writing here. A lot of different things. But uh, 
I would do a thing called quick hits where here's the beginning episode 172. And then underneath the name of the episode, I would have small, tiny little bits that I wanted to mention, but that I didn't work into a, a segment. So there is a, WWE pay-per-view that is happening this afternoon because it's the first time that the WWE has gone to Saudi Arabia. So, yes. so the, okay. I had a really bad anxiety attack sometime the other day. And here, here is the shocking one. Hey, Bunny, Yahweh Rules is off of YouTube. I'm not sure why. That is the <laughs> guy we're obsessed about. And we did a whole bit about him for yeah. homework. We watched all of his crazy videos where he would just walk around the mall filming. He would walk around Walmart and he wouldn't say anything. He would just be filming. But then the the title would be uh, clones taking over Walmart. Okay. And shit like that, you know? And he'd be at a restaurant. He'd film the entire thing because everyone was a clone. Mm-hmm. So, I don't. I don't uh, remember if I've seen that one. I, I remember ones where he would be like standing out by the road and yes. be like, "Just watch the birds." Yeah, because the birds were like robots or some shit. That's and not we natural. Did, <laughs> we did a whole thing about him, and I was really proud of myself because I'm psychic. Because I specifically said when we watched all of his YouTube videos that I said that someone needs to call the police and they need to check on this guy because this guy is a is a like yes. a, 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 sh- a shootout, a deadly shooting waiting to happen. And he tried. Yes. Is now dead because he went into a restaurant with a gun and held people hostage. But you don't do that in the Midwest because two different guys ran to their to the parking lot to their truck to get their shotguns. Yeah, shot the guy dead numerous times because like that's that's why you don't take over a random restaurant in Oklahoma City. Yeah, because suddenly nine people were like, "I've been waiting to shoot someone." Oh. This Too bad. Good guy with a gun moment. Too bad he's not black. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So so apparently he was alive back then, and we were still talking about him. But yeah, Yahweh rules. He had a he had a YouTube channel, and and I think it was Yahweh rules. Right. And then got taken off. So then he started a second YouTube channel called Yahweh Rules 2 and apparently that got taken off of YouTube for a little bit and then went back on and then he there was a shooting. So uh, he's he was psychic. I'm psychic. Yeah. I'm psychic. He was crazy. But I'm really proud of that moment where we you know, we saw the future. Officially, there have been a number of times in which we have seen the future, but this time it's it's documented. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is documented. Uh, also, I had a really great idea for a movie because apparently uh, Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs had just recently came out, which I still haven't seen. I own it and I still haven't seen it. Okay. But I had an idea for Isle of Dogs Rampage and it was a movie. It was basically Battle Royale, except every famous TV and movie dog was there. Okay. 
out until just one dog. So Snoopy, Marmaduke, Scooby, Scrappy, Muttley, Lassie, Hachi, Balto, Beethoven, Peabody, one half of Cat Dog. <laughs> Droopy. I have this massive list here. Wishbone in like the Sherlock Holmes hat. Blue from Blue's Clues. Oh yeah, this was a fun one to make. Pluto and Goofy enemies. Mortal enemies. Yeah. Uh, The Grinch's dog Max. The Tramp, but not Lady. Yes. Anyway, that was a really good episode. And everyone was. Everyone should go and see that. Exactly 100 episodes ago, we were still pretty darn good. Oh, I don't know where and I you can that. And you can listen to either the whole show, the whole episode, two, three, sometimes four hours, or it's conveniently broken up into pieces for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bite-sized nuggets. Yes. The so fun-sized Pope on film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, there was something I wanted to mention. Let me see if I can find it really quick. Oh, wait. Uh, maybe I don't have it on my computer. Maybe I have it on my tablet that must be it you are really going to like this if i can find it in time without uh wasting everyone's time so let me see here images camera screenshots i don't have it i don't know where it is damn it okay uh so my kids started virtual school and i I, it, 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 the the first week was difficult because not only are you a substitute teacher yes. and you've never done this before and you you don't you have no idea how to do it and not only are you like a school counselor trying to get these kids uh, feeling positive but also your yeah. tech support with all of these devices and and I have three students and they all have a, a completely different device that yeah. I've never seen before. So, so, so that's quite difficult, but I was getting, uh, Eleanor's device set up and I'm like, okay, so she can watch PBS kids, cartoons, educational. She can play games. Here's her class and, uh, oh, uh, Apple podcasts. That's weird. You know what? I'm just gonna search for, uh, me. Yeah, on its tablet, and sure enough, uh, Undead Cow Studios, the Pope on film, Bunny Williams, Steve Galindo pops up, and uh, we have three reviews. Where on i on on Apple Podcasts? Okay, yeah, I guess I. Yeah. I think it's I think it's formerly iTunes, and now it's Apple Podcasts. Yeah, so. Three reviews. One is really. Oh, they positive. still they still have our feeds, but we never yeah, had yeah, no. we never had numbers on it. So <clears> I, <throat> I would imagine whenever they switched from iTunes to this, we just naturally went along with it. Yep, and we totally they're did. still getting our feed. Yeah. So there's three uh, reviews. One is very positive, and I think we've read it on the podcast before. He says that 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 listening to us feels like. Uh, 
we don't hold any punches and yes. they they're like uh, college friends and this and that. Another one said uh, was the other two were very negative. We have a 1.5 out of five on podcast right now. And the other person said that we cuss too much and excuse me. Fuck off. <laughs> You motherfucking cocksucking piece of shit, asshole, fucking shit stain. Yeah. And number three said, too liberal. Too liberal. Yeah, it caters to liberals. Okay. Fair review. <laughs> yeah. I, to- I, I totally agree with that review. Caters to common fucking sense. Caters to yeah. not be an asshole. Yeah. How about that? Mm. Caters to not being a fucking douchebag. Shit damn assholes crap. <laughs> Bit upset about that. But otherwise, those are also uh, fair assessments. So yes. uh, so that was going back in time. Uh, and, and, and that was a lot of fun. Yes, it was. It was a lot of fun. Okay. Yes. Okay. 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 I was going to do a fun, breezy compilation of all the crazy things that have happened in the news this week or these past two weeks. Yes. Uh, Because we're being inundated with just a flood, a deluge, a hurricane of news every day, every hour. Yes. And keeping up with it is absolutely enough to make a person batshit insane. But the news, it's just too much, Bunny. It's too much. It is insane. It is maddening. And it's time to go to just forget the news for a little bit and just go back to our roots. Go back where it all began it's time to go old school it's time to say screw the news screw the gop screw the fucking trump administration let's go back to morality let's go back let's go back to being good people and you know how you know how you you know how you be good bunny you know how you become a good person how? By giving your heart and soul to Jesus Christ. So it's time once again to read from my favorite book in the world. Heaven oh, is oh, awesome. The greatest book of all time. Heaven is Real and Fun, an actual not non-parody book by Kim Robinson. And here's the tagline, which I love. You don't float around wearing diapers and eating grapes. Who yes. thought it was heaven? Who thought, like, it's like, Mommy, what happens when we go to heaven? Two things. Number one, diapers. Number two, grapes. Yes. Okay, fucking run off, kid. Run along. Go play outside. Go play in traffic. So uh, let me read the back for you in case you haven't. Uh, uh, we're here before for all the fun. Since 1988, the Holy Spirit has been taking me to heaven. 
Jesus would show me various fun places and allow me to do fun things. I asked, why was he showing me these places? Daddy slash God said. Yes. Because people think all they do here is float around wearing diapers, eating grapes, or doing nothing but bowing before me. I have planned for each person in detail what makes them happy to be here with me. So you are to tell them heaven is real and fun and Jesus is coming soon. And it's upsetting to me that, that, you know, that someone is walking, you know, walks into a Walmart and says, uh, ghosts talk to me and they tell me that Armageddon is coming and people go, oh, put that son of a bitch in a straitjacket and throw him in the loony bin. But this woman says, since 1988, the Holy Spirit has been plucking me from earth and taking me to heaven where I ride roller coasters with my daddy who is God. And people say, well, shit, when's your audio book coming out? (laughs) Fucking insane. And so uh, numerous times in the podcast, we have read from this book, which somehow is not a joke and is meant to be real. So uh, one of the things that I love the most about this book is how much being real honest here, yeah. how much this woman wants to fuck Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes, There is some deep, deep, sexual tension between Kim Robinson and Jesus H. Christ. So yeah. we're going to be reading a, a, a very sultry passage called... So, so really, Christian porn. Yeah, 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 kind of. Pretty much. Uh, or at least a Christian Harlequin romance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's... There's more sexual tension in Heaven is Real and Fun than in the r- romantic movie Last Christmas. <laughs> so I'm going to be reading a very sultry passage called Playing in the Snow. Okay. You ready, buddy? Yes. Okay. Jesus and I sat on our couch in the rock house where he met me in heaven, watching the snow. Then we swung and jumped from the swing into deep piles of soft snow. I jumped on him, pressing him down and not letting him move. I said, make a snow angel. (laughs) this is hot shit yes it is he mumbled through the snow I can't move (laughs) so I laid on top of him honey I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna change all of this to Sam and Dean porn I hate you Sam and Dean sat on the couch in the rock house (laughs) where Sam met me in Canada watching the snow. I jumped on Dean. Make a snow angel. (laughs) No, it works for me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. The entire book. Uh, so, So Jesus mumbled through the snow. I can't move. 
So I laid on top of him where I could freely move and made an angel. We laughed so much. (laughs) While looking at the imprint, Jesus said, pointing to his stick figure that was pressed down and held under the snow, that's you, Kim. Oh, you know know who I'm casting as Jesus in my head? Who? Lucas Lucas Lee. Lucas. Lucas Lee. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that works. That works. It's, he, it's he mostly the right? voice that's give, doing that for me. Yeah. You know, the way you're, the way you're reading Jesus's part, that like kind of low gravelly. It, and not terribly right. convincing. <laughs> yeah, it's the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I let him do the wide shots when I want to go get blazed in my Winnie. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Jesus said, pointing to his stick figure that was pressed down and held under in the snow, that's you, Kim. And pointing to the movement I made while laying on top of him, he said, that's me. I do what you can't do. When people are pressed down and held under, they can't move and do what he wants them to do. Or if they hold Jesus down and won't let him move, he can't do what he wants to do either. This place in heaven is so peaceful, quiet, and fun. There is never any pressure to perform or to be something. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me by quiet water. He restores my soul. And that's that's an actual thing that happened, yes. according to this woman, Kim Robinson. Yes. She she my my favorite interaction with Kim Robinson was she was doing a reading at her local church and she promoted it on Facebook. I forgot that I had followed Kim Davis, uh, heaven is real and fun on Facebook. And she promoted like, I will be speaking next Saturday from six to eight about the new things that God has shown me. There will, there will not be daycare provided at this event. Please come and hear all the wonderful things that God wants you to know. I repeat, daycare will not be provided at this event. (laughs) No one had liked it or commented, so I liked it and put, put, I'm really excited to be there, Kim. I have a question, though. Will daycare be provided at this event? And she wrote back, (laughs) no, there will be no daycare at this event. So a rapport going. She 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 uh she and I have talked. She hasn't pressed me down against the snow, but maybe I should send her a picture of my face because once she realizes that I have long hair and brown skin, just like Jesus, yeah, maybe we get the thing going. You oh, know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping to be in the sequel. Heaven is real and fun too. Electric boogaloo. <laughs> that's where her and Jesus have to have sex in order to save the rec center yeah. so uh, that's going to be fun so uh, heaven is real and fun available now at no bookstores you pretty much have to get it because it's a piece of crap yeah I'm uh, waiting for more to hit the used bin because like the last time I priced it was like 12 bucks and it was like that's too. That's just too high for me for this book. 
Yeah, it's a print-on-demand book. So the book won't, doesn't exist in stores unless you pay for it in advance and yeah. have it sent to you. Yeah, no, not not that. That surpasses my interest level. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want the book, but someone ordered it when I worked at the bookstore. And I was like, heaven is real and fun. What in the world is this? And I read the back, and I'm like, I need this in my life. I I, I I still haven't gotten the kid-friendly coloring book yet, but I'm hoping, you know, Christmas is coming. Fingers crossed. Having it real and fun, the coloring book, available on Amazon. I hear you guys ignoring me, you sons of bitches. You sons and daughters of bitches. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Funny! Yes. I wanted to talk a little bit about the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, I, I, I wanted to talk about it because the passing of Chadwick Boseman, the actor who portrayed Black Panther, it, it, the whole thing really makes me uh, remember how pissed off I am about that fucking Joker movie. <laughs> the death of Chadwick Boseman has infuriated me because fuck Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Okay. Fuck that movie. Fuck that fucking movie. I'm so pissed off at that movie yeah. specifically. I mean, Chad, Chadwick Boseman's uh, death is very sad, but one positive is that people are like, oh my goodness. Let's all go back collectively and watch Black Panther. And that's good because that's such a good movie. And uh -huh. I liked it so much. And they played it, they played it without commercial interruptions on ABC last weekend, and we well, all watched it. See, it I kind of I kind of feel guilty because I recently watched Black Panther just before. Yeah. And I was well, like, so like his face and his performance and everything was like fresh in my head, you know? Well, he died on like a Friday and then everyone's like, oh my God, I'm going to go watch Black Panther. But what I did was I kind of have to watch uh, Civil War. Yeah. Before I watch Black Panther. That's why I can't just watch Endgame. Yes. Like, I love the movie Endgame, but, like, if I'm going to watch Endgame, I kind of have to watch Infinity War beforehand. If I'm going to watch Infinity War, next thing you know, I'm watching the Captain America serial from 1947. Yeah. And Mark I don't know, man. I, I, I was not bowled over with Endgame. I like it, but I have to be set up to, to you know, I, I it, it's a progression. I yeah. like Endgame. If I watch Infinity War beforehand, and I yeah. like Infinity War more if I watch this before it, and so I started at Captain America: Civil War, and and that movie pisses me off. I'm sorry, I'm on Team Iron Man. I know Bucky's your fucking friend, and you guys want to kiss, but whether or not he was in control when he did it, he still killed a shit ton of fucking people, and he needs to be like punished for his fucking actions sorry i know he yeah. wasn't in charge but uh, fuck it 
don't go help your friend, the fucking terrorist. I know that uh, fucking mind control or whatever, but still, like, someone's got to stay after school. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just upset about Bucky. I, I'm Team Iron Man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, do this now, they're going to do it to us, and it's going to be fucking horrible. So, fucking, yeah, let's... If they had stayed together, if Captain America had stayed with Iron Man, it, they, it, there wouldn't have been a snap. Because <laughs> they would have been together. Natasha is ready to shoot off a diatribe, but she's okay. debating whether or not to. She's just standing there just like this. Just... And she's thinking about Four it. Four out of five red. Nice. So, so the thing that pisses me off about Chadwick Boseman's death yeah. is that I'm happy that people are finally like, oh my God, Black Panther is dead. Let's watch Black Panther. Black Panther is an amazing movie. Oh man, it was up for so many Oscars. And that's what pisses me off. Because yeah. remember when the Joker was up for best actor, best, best movie, all and all that, and all of the white people were finally comic book movies are being recognized at the Oscars. Yeah. Finally, is finally a comic book movie is up for the biggest, the biggest uh, Oscars. Finally, comic book movies are making their way into mainstream. If truly the Joker is going to win it all. And it's like, oh, so Black Panther didn't fucking count because the Black <laughs> Panther was up for a shit ton of fucking Oscars. Why aren't you talking? Why? Why? Oh, I know why. Because now it's a white comic book movie. So when a black comic book movie was up for Oscars, nothing Okay. But now, oh, the Joker's up for fucking Oscars. Oh, finally, a comic book movie. No! Fucking Black Panther did it first. You know, I, I'm just pissed off at Joaquin Phoenix and fucking that whole goddamn movie. I'm pissed off. Are you good, Bunny? Um, I'm, I'm, no, man, the edibles are kicking in. I'm really not sure uh, where uh, we gotcha. went there. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just not pissed. getting the, the the. Okay, the Joker sucks. I I hated yeah. the movie. You know, yeah. I hated the whole characterization and everything. But I, I'm not getting where you're tying that into Black Panther. The fans of the Joker. When the Joker was nominated for Oscars, there were all these articles in the media and there were all these people that were saying that finally a comic book movie has is up for Oscars, almost ignoring the fact that two years beforehand, the Black Panther was oh, nominated okay. for Oscars. Yeah. Like, finally, a comic book movie has a chance to win Best Picture. Finally, and it's like, what fucking finally? Black Panther was up for Best Picture two fucking years ago. Why does that one not count, but the Joker counts? And I can tell you exactly why, because the Black Panther was a black comic book movie, and now finally here's a movie all about how uh, white people have it rough. Yeah. And so all of these fucking toxic male fanboys are like, finally, a comic book movie. Up for Oscars. And it's like, no, no, fucking Black Panther. 
It was a comic book movie and it was up for a shit ton of Oscars. Don't you go saying that the Joker is the first movie to break the mainstream and be up for these Oscars because fucking Chadwick Boseman did it first, you fucks. Yeah. So Chadwick Boseman has just reminded me how much I fucking hated Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. <laughs> White Man <laughs> the movie. Yes. Hey. So, so, yeah. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. And also, uh, fuck you, Joker movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely on, on, on both counts. Yes. Mm. And cut on that. Jump to anything. There you go. Bunny! Yes! We still have a full show to discuss. To, to discuss, we need to talk about uh, Jerry Falwell Jr., George oh, Carlin, Die Hard, um, the Hotel Transylvania trilogy, <laughs> Stephen King, Steven Spielberg, the 1981 film The Fun House. Yeah. But before... Before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. I concur. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this. Do 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 and break. The only difference between Bob. Forrest Gump. monster created by a man they called Mad is turned loose to strike terror into the hearts of men. <laughs> to shock women into uncontrolled hysteria. <laughs> to prey upon the innocence of children. This is the story you've heard about, talked about, the spine-tingling, blood-chilling story that stuns your emotions. Frankenstein. Don't touch that! Film, buddy. Yes. 
Are you ready for another exciting installment of Bunny Versus? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you jazzed? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Are you ready to taste the rainbow? Yes. Okay. Well, then, without any further ado, it's time once again for Bunny Versus. And now here is your host, Bunny Williams. Take it away, Bunny. I am tired of all of you. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So how has how's it been going? I, I was kind of worried about you for one of the videos uh, that you put out. Uh, this week started rough because uh, this past week, yeah, it was the first... Well, we didn't do the podcast last week because it was Jade's birthday and they were having it on Sunday and we went over there and had masks on, social distancing and all that. And it lasted for like the longest time. And then the next day was the first official day of school. And uh, really difficult because these are these are, you know, these kids are using software that they've never used before on devices that they've never used before learning things that they've never learned before. And I'm supposed to be leading them. And it's very difficult. Yeah. And it's especially difficult because Bella has eight classes and she has to spend a minimum of a half hour on each class a day. Yeah. Then Maxwell is in third grade. He only has to spend an hour and a half a day working, but it does take him a little bit longer to work on things because he has ADHD. <laughs> he gets very distracted and he's hyperactive and he's bouncing all over the place. So he needs more time. Yeah. And then Eleanor only needs 45 minutes of school, but she wants to be in school as long as everyone else is. Yeah. So I, so it's difficult for me. And, but that's long. also, that's also going to, going to give it her at least some socialization. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. so it, I'm not having to do it. Let me put it this way. Yeah. <laughs> It got easier, you know, about Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because they were used to the devices. We had a routine. Bella would wake up. And also, uh, I, at first, I was like, we're going to wake up at 645 every morning yeah. like we used to do. And we're going to get you guys dressed and ready for school. And it's like, no, fuck it. I'm going to wake you guys up around eight, get you guys breakfast. We can start around nine, maybe nine thirty. Yeah real loosey-goosey and because i'm doing that i think the kids are having an easier time with school bella will wake up or like 8 39 yeah. and, and and she'll sit on the couch and she'll she'll have a phone that times her and she's like i'm gonna give a half hour to every class i'm not gonna stop for breaks i'm not gonna stop for a lunch i'm just gonna barrel through and oftentimes bella will be done before the kids are done because she's just, she's just, and she's waking up on her own, which is something that hardly ever happened when she was going to an actual school. Yeah. You know, waking up on her own and she's like, okay, I'm going to do this. Okay. I've got a test in history and we're going to get this done so that I can just get it over with and I can spend the rest of the day here at home doing whatever I want. So she's yeah. getting it done. And uh, Maxwell is doing good. And, um, 
the the thing about Eleanor though is that she wants to do school so much. She she like I want to do school. I want to do school. I want to do school. So on Friday we finished everything. Yeah, she has done all of it. She she there's no more work for her. I'm hoping that when we finally go back to class, that they have added more things because she's done it all. Yeah, she's done basically two weeks of work in one week. So, uh, Maxwell, how are you feeling about school? We've had one official full week of school. How are you feeling? Amazing. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Good. I'm trying not to get too angry at you kids. Uh, I, I'm trying not to yell. I'm trying not to throw too many things at your heads. But I did just see uh, Whiplash, that movie where J. Jonah Jameson is a drum teacher. Yeah. So got to be hard with you kids. I got to throw some things. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah. Hmm. Wish I could say the same for George Zip. Anyway, yes. so so George Zip. Who's George? One day when you get older, you will know this. I have been telling these kids randomly for the last five years. Just randomly, I've been saying to all of my kids. Like Bella's like, oh, I'm so happy that we get to go today. And I go, hmm. Wish I could say the same for George Zip. Yeah. And the kids have no idea what I'm talking about because they don't know. I love that movie. Sometime in the future, they are going to watch that and it's going to be fucking hilarious. This is the longest joke that I have ever built up. But yeah. <laughs> one day, like, Either two days from now or ten years into their future, like Emerald's going to be there, just uh, like babysitting grandchildren. And they'll be long since dead, and she'll be watching TV that's being digitally transmitted into her brain. And she's yeah. like, "Is that where that fucking joke came from?" <laughs> Fuck, Dad. I don't know. I don't know. Amber's Amber's grandchildren. Yeah. So, uh, so, so it's getting easier. And I think one of the reasons why it's getting easier is just because my kids are just so smart. You know, you guys are doing really, really good. You guys are doing. We haven't good. seen the movie that that came from. You, you, you don't know who George Zip is. Eventually, you'll understand who George Zip is. Okay. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about something though. Yeah. A bit weird. Bit weird. Um. So Jerry Falwell Jr. is no longer leading ultra conservative Liberty University. Yes. I was going to work this into a bit, but I thought it would just be better to. Uh, just talk about it on Bunny Versus because getting the specifics of this story is so difficult. But uh, I, uh, and the funny thing is, is that a year ago people were talking about this, and Jerry Falwell Jr. and Liberty University was like, "Oh, this is all lies and falsehoods, and it, it, the liberal media yeah. is making stories." But it's like I went back and watched a Full Frontal with Samantha B, and it's like she did an entire investigation over a year ago with, uh, uh, hey, a uh, 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 Full Frontal investigation. 
Did Jerry Falwell fuck the pool boy? <laughs> okay. Or did Jerry Falwell's wife fuck the pool boy? But somebody fucked the pool boy. So, um, Jerry Falwell is off of Liberty University, and f- from the looks of things, he's out of Liberty University because yeah. he was letting the attractive pool boy bang his wife. And I read a wonderful article, which I really, really loved about how about toxic masculinity in Christianity. And then Christians love to forgive sinners as long as it's a manly sin. Yeah. And it's like, oh, what was your sin? Drugs? Oh, tell me, please, your story about how you found Jesus. And then, oh, oh, sin, degradation, sex, premarital sex with so many people. Tell me your story. Oh, you had someone bang your pool boy? You're out. You had a pool boy have sex with your wife. You're gone. Yeah. Because that's not a masculine enough sin for Christians. Yeah. Yeah. That if. If Jerry Falwell, if Jerry Falwell Jr.'s sin was he was banging a bunch of prostitutes, oh well, the Lord forgives. But his sin was he let yeah. someone else have sex with his wife. That's not masculine enough for Christians to forgive him and bring him back in with welcoming arms. And I find yeah. that to be absolutely fucking fascinating. But what I find kind of interesting that is if you look at democratic sex scandals yes like what's the worst thing you could fucking think of for me i think it's anthony weiner sending dick pics to underage girls yes but somebody may prefer the blowjob in the oval office okay i can't think of any democratic scandals sex scandals worse than that yeah. You know? Yeah. But when Democrats and or evangelicals, I mean, we're pretty much talking about the same people anyway. Yeah. When they have the sex scandal, it's always something off the beaten path, you know? It's like, uh, okay, a threesome with your... I mean, I, I appreciate where you're going... Having a threesome with the pool boy, you are all consenting adults, but you're such a fucking hypocrite for preaching about this all the goddamn time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't care what you do behind closed doors. You can do whatever the fuck you want. It's it's just the fact that you've been telling us we're all sinners who are leading yeah. horrible for so freaking long and also the fact that uh, uh, Trump probably knew what was going on because he's he's a fundamentalist Christian who somehow said no we're not supporting evangelical Ted Cruz we're gonna uh, support the thrice divorced rapist yeah. who bangs porn stars. Yeah. And it's like, why, like why in the world would he not support Ted Cruz 
and instead be one of the first major evangelical voices to say, I support Donald Trump. And it's like, because uh, uh, Jerry Falwell Jr.'s lawyer was um, whoever the fuck that guy, uh, Donald Trump's lawyer. Mm -hmm. Slash personal fixer, Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen. So there's a good chance that Donald Trump pictures. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I find the whole thing just absolutely fascinating. Just, I love to see holier than thou Christians get their comeuppance. Yeah. Yeah, you know? but it's always it's always something like what, what was Ted Haggerty up here by me, the New Life Church? I think so. Who uh embezzled church money and blew it on crystal meth and male prostitutes. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, as long as you're living within your means, (laughs) I mean, don't steal money is the first problem here. And then another thing that pisses me off, but it's not—it's not not getting a blowjob in the Oval Office. Yeah, it's it's not sending dick pics. Another thing to underage girls like Anthony Weiner. I mean, I'm not saying that that's bad. That that that's not bad. It is. Yeah, you shouldn't be sending dick pics to underage girls. No, that's a that's you know, but. It's not embezzling church money, buying crystal meth and male prostitutes. Yeah. Another you know, thing they, that ha- they get into situations that are like, and I, I blame being so fucking repressed all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. That's why priests, that's why priests are always up to no good. Another thing that pissed me off this week. I, um, is is the fact that so many people are like, how dare Trump disrespect our troops? Trump is disrespecting our 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 people in uniform. He's disrespecting uh, veterans, and this is the last straw. And so many people are like, oh, we need to say no to Trump. And I'm like, yeah, I, but I agree, but also. It seems that a lot of white people were silent when Trump called African-American countries shitholes. And a lot of white people were silent when Trump called all Mexicans rapists. And a lot of white people were silent when Trump tried to ban all Muslims from coming into the country. And a lot of white people were silent when Trump said that white supremacists are very good people. And a lot of white people were silent when Trump said, you know, all of these horrible things about uh, minorities and people of color, but like uh, Trump says that veterans are losers. Whoa, this is the last straw. Yeah, yeah. oh God, yeah. Not separating uh, minorities from their children and then locking the children in cages. I was fine with that. Yeah, but right? you're making yeah. fun of veterans? And it's like, oh, like, like, I'm glad that you're upset, but you should have been upset a lot sooner. Yeah. You know, fucking ridiculous. Well, but see, here's the thing: it's hmm. like uh, calling people from another country names 
that are uncalled for, that doesn't directly affect them and their family. Uh, taking away those children from those parents, well, they should have come over legally instead of illegally. They deserve everything that's coming to them. Those poor children, they shouldn't be in the middle of it, sure, but, you know, consequences for their parents' actions, sins of father and all that. But now, it's all these right-wing white motherfuckers who have career family, generational careers in the fucking military. Yeah. Some have lost their family members. Some have been POWs, you know, and now he's disrespecting them, so it's affecting them personally. They are offended personally because it affects them personally. Yeah. Why should they be bothered when it's something that's not real to them? Yeah. Because brown people aren't real to them. Yeah. So, so a lot that is of just white- a, that is such a strange, like, like I can't even, like I can't even relate to that way of thinking. Yeah. You know, no, I, like we are two completely different fucking species at this point. Huh? Ask you what you were doing. Huh? Um, these are my edibles. I keep them all. Oh, speaking of it, I'm on the floor. Really? Yeah. Uh, I was probably high. Um, I, I go with, um, Incredibles. Okay. Okay. Um, and what I like about these, and I I can't take one now because I took some earlier. I mean, they're just basically gummies, just like traditional gum drops. Yeah. 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 I get those and then I cut them into sections. So like I'm I so like I'm not getting super high. I'm just micro dosing throughout the day. Yeah. They're they're just slightly uncomfortable. So I'm just very careful when swallowing it down whole. Yeah. Because I I, I I gave marijuana a chance for me to, to, to acquire a taste, and I have never done that. So I like an edible I don't have to chew, but yeah. I can kind of take like a pill. So yeah. that's why I go with these puppies. Yeah. So, so a lot of white people who have... Oh, I try to stay out of politics or they support Trump because Trump hasn't come for them yet. Yeah. A lot of people Trump has come for because he's a, he, he has been disparaging veterans. So it's like, what other categories of white people can we get Trump to attack next so yeah. that more white people will stop supporting? What I'm hoping is that we get a tape soon of let me tell you what I fucking hate. Cole's cash. It's fucking bullshit. I hate Coles. It's the worst, you know? Yeah. I, I, and, then, and then suddenly all of these housewives will be like, how dare he? I have $80 in Cole's cash. And then they'll be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. They Trump always does. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's next. Well, I had an idea. Okay. And Tasha, I th- I think this may be a job for you. Okay. Okay. 
a series of Harlequin romance type novels where a upright Christian woman becomes swept off of her feet by a swarthy liberal. So the liberals are showing her the errors of her ways. What is it? Is it the liberals? Are they? Do they con, uh, get her to conform or convert, as it were, to the liberal ways? No, he's just expressing his his views. But like, picture Che Guevara expressing his views. That's how. That's how she'll hear it. And yet, she lets him bang her anyway. Oh, yes, because that's forbidden love. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about... We're talking about... Speaking of money. Fuck yeah. We're talking about a series of books that is Republican slash Christian erotica. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of, Bunny, I have a really great book idea or movie idea when we get to this week's movie. I tried it out on a bunch of people yesterday, and they're all for my wonderful idea. It's based on it's based on Fred Willard's character in this week's movie. Yeah. And I'm super excited. I'm super excited for this new idea that I came up with. How are you doing, Bunny? How are you doing? I, I'm I'm relatively okay. Uh, I feel like I'm really you know and and count it because this has been like since St. Patrick's Day. I'm really needing to get the fuck out and just do something like normal, like 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 right now. If it was possible, dinner and a movie would be great. Oh yeah. You know, but like, there's yeah. nothing even like out there. Like, like these movies have always been kind of questionable to me, like whether I see it in the theater or not, or if it's worth the wait later. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna risk my life to see Inception Two Electric Boogaloo. No, no. Yeah. You know, and I, I, and I kind of appreciate the New Mutants. But I I wouldn't line up to see it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but if there was like a really good movie out there, the dinner in a movie would just like chill me the fuck out. Yeah. You know, because the days are merging into each other because it's pretty much the same. Yeah, you know. Uh, that's that's why over here uh, Natasha's like, oh man, I'm out of. Hey, we're out of bread. You're out of bread. We need bread. I can go to the store. Do you want me to go to the store? I'll go to the store and get bread. I'm leaving. <laughs> I've got the keys. I'm in the car. Bye, honey. What? So that's why, like, I find any reason to to leave the house when I, you know, just any little thing. It's like, oh shit! I need to get gas before work. Oh, you need gas? I'll get you gas. I'm in, I'm in the car. Bye. I so. I was I was never great with outside to begin with. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Not my favorite place to be. You know? That's why I'm really. That's why I'm really worried about movie theaters. They weren't doing great before the pandemic. Yeah. Like, not a lot of people were going to go see movies in theaters before this happened. So now they're like, "We're open," and it's like, "Great!" No one was coming to you in the first place. Yeah. You know. I, I mean, it's. I like to see something that is some kind of a spectacle movie. In yeah. a theater, like an Avengers movie or something like that. You so know? much is back to 2021, you know? Yeah. And it sucks. The next movie I want to see is uh, Black Widow. I think it's coming out in November now. That seems so far. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not. It's September. It's two months away. I know. And how long will those two months take? Well, it'll probably, take a year. It'll probably take a, a decade or two, just like the rest of this fucking yeah, pandemic. yeah. Uh-huh. But also, where the fuck did it all go? This was the summer that was never like it didn't exist. Yep, this was not a summer. No, no. You know, but also, fuck September. We have two kids' birthdays in like less than two weeks. Yeah. For fuck's sake, we're never gonna know. I don't know. Bye-bye. Yeah. 2020 can go fuck itself. Yes. Well, for me, it is kind of like two time periods St. Patrick's Day and today. <laughs> Whatever today is. Because they're all pretty they're all pretty much the same as St. Patrick's Day. Give a take a couple of days there. <laughs> From there, it's just been kind of the same, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, the other day I was thinking, like, remember the time when we we're all like, "Jesus, fuck, man, fuck 2019. I can't fucking wait for it to be over. Fuck you, 2019, 2020. That's where it's at." And then 2020 slid up like, what was that you were saying in 2019? Oh, watch this. Hold yeah. my beer. You know, yeah. like I really, ever since, let's just be real, it just keeps escalating every year since Trump got elected. And shit just keeps getting worse and worse. And you know what? I said it then. I'm going to say it now. Nature's trying to fucking kill us. Yes. Nature. Oh, God, has, yes. Trump was the straw that broke, well, nature. And it was like, okay. That's it. You know what? I'm done being subtle. Hurricane, tornado, fucking tropical storm, snow over here when there shouldn't be. Shit like that. Like, nature's just dumb. Oh, wait. Here's a fucking pandemic. Let's see this wipe you out because you got an idiot fucking president, so Americans are all going to die. We have have two two brand new weather patterns. I mean, good fucking Christ. We have a Fire NATO. Yep. Fire NATO. I mean, this is everything the Sci Fi Network has ever wanted. Yeah. And we have a land hurricane mm-hmm. that completely fucked up Iowa and nobody's talking about it. Yeah. Fucking devastated a state in America. And, you know, sorry, we don't have time for that. Hmm. No, no. Why would you when most of the media is controlled by people who will direct it in the direction they want? Yeah. And 
reporting on weather changes like that that are so significant that they should definitely be paid attention to. And scientists are doing that. Yeah. And nobody else, because then they can't deny that, you know, global warming exists and is fucking killing us Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, let me rephrase that. They will still deny it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You could have snow that was like huge snowflakes and on it written your you know global warming is doing this and people be like, gee, I wonder what that could mean. Yeah. That's an odd pattern for a snowflake to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got feelings. Yeah, we all got feels. And and we're we're not going to get to zero emissions. If you're not going to ban fracking and you're not going to stop subsidies to the fucking fossil fuel industry. Those two are as contradictory as clean coal. Yeah. You know, you can't, those two things cannot exist together. We can't make friends with the poison that's killing the planet. You know? Yeah. Like, let's come to some agreement? I don't know. It's fucked up is what it is. I mean, if people are not paying attention to two new weather patterns, shit that we've never had before, and and that still doesn't get anybody's attention. We don't have a fucking chance. Look, look right here. Look right here. Look right here. It's the sketchy show now, okay? Oh. Sketchy. 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 What do you have to say to your legions of fans? Hmm? What do you have to say? Nothing? You're not even looking at Bunny. Look, Bunny's right here. Nothing. Okay. Really? It's the it's the sketchy show. It's the new segment. Everybody loves it. <laughs> yeah, so that's all I got. Everything's horrible. <laughs> Loving these Doritos. Yeah. Well, I I really gotta I really gotta <sighs> look. <laughs> Cobra Kai. Okay. Like, everybody's going weird for Cobra Kai, okay? And I must admit that I hate watched it and really enjoyed hating on the show. And I have gone through both seasons, full disclosure, while I worked on models and shit. And, like, I got the gist of, like, there's nothing to the plot. Johnny's sad, you know? Yeah. And it's like it's the karate kid meets Melrose yeah. Place. You know? So it's like the karate kid with more drama. We store. More chips. Do you want Doritos? Yeah. Get cool ranch Doritos for dad. Um, Bunny, do you need anything from the store? Bread. Uh, Bread. 
French. Oh, a nice French bread would be nice. Yeah. Bread. Bunny I, wants I French actually, bread. Oh, Bunny, I already have some. Okay, already oh, got okay. some. Cool. I, pecans. One. I feel like this is all Riverdale's fault. Yeah, you think? I feel that, it, yeah, that they're like, here's my pitch. We get Archie's. We get Archie. Make them gritty. And they're yeah. like, no one would ever put this on TV. Thankfully, we're the CW. Riverdale. And yeah. so now now people are just looking at things and like, okay, what's this? The Karate Kid. Okay. What if it's gritty? And it's like, yeah. What if it's the, gritty and a fucking soap opera? You the know, CW... The CW announced this week that they are working on a dark, gritty, live-action Powerpuff Girls. Yes. So, so now, just just anything's gritty. I'm working on a really fucked up strawberry shortcake. Yeah. And she does a lot of coke, and she's fucking a bunch of dudes. Strawberry shortcake. I... What really triggered me on this show was fairly early on when Johnny first got to talk. Fuck spoilers. This show sucks. <laughs> when Johnny first gets to talk to Daniel and he says, and this fucking killed me, and I had a, a better answer immediately. He said, you stole my girlfriend. My answer is, dude, that was 30 fucking years ago. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll feel better. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> but they pass it off. And it's like, you're both in your 50s. You haven't gotten over your high school shit yet. I just I I can't watch Cobra Kai because in my heart of hearts the karate kid is fucking Pat Morita. Yeah. Not Ralph Macchio. Yeah. And just without him there is absolutely nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I, I must don't care if they I don't care if they continue sweeping the leg. I'm just fucking Pat Morita. <laughs> Fuck. And I must admit that that the guy who plays Johnny, I don't know his name. I never cared. Um, he has far surpassed Ray, Ralph Macchio in the acting department. Ralph Macchio's really lost his chop, and he's barely convincing me of anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But because it's the karate kid, it's just so much fun to really kind of hate. I mean, it's like it's been a cavalcade of characters from the movies. Yeah. You know, it's just I I would say give it a watch. But be fucking honest. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, 
does nostalgia really play that much into it? Do we, do we really need to see how much Daniel's mom aged? Yeah. Um, I will consider it. Maybe after I finally watch Shit's Creek. <laughs> which I hope will be this year. Oh, right. Man. Now, 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 uh, <laughs> a little Johnny's agent came running up and said, Johnny, Johnny, Cobra Takazkai is scheduled right after shits. <laughs> this is the break we've been looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, just like something <sighs> you had said before. I got a little dialogue in my head of two priests. A priest and what's your Catholic? What's the next level up? Who who's a priest manager? Bishop? Yeah. Um Deacon? Um I don't know. It's been a while. I think I think Deacon's under priest. Monsignor? Monsignor, let's go with Monsignor. Let's go with Monsignor. I like the ring of it. Sorry if it's not yeah. right, but you'll get the gist. Yeah. So you got a father come running up. Says, says Monsignor, Monsignor, Monsignor. Yes, my son. I had sex with a little boy. Monsignor's just like, okay, I'll start the paperwork. Which one? Priest looks over and points and like, yeah, I'd tap that. Let me start the paperwork. Get you into another <laughs> location. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on there? Why, why have we not ripped that motherfucker down? <laughs> yeah. Sinead warned us. She did. We all owe fucking Sinead a goddamn apology. I, I never had a problem with that in the first place. You know? Yeah. And even though I kind of object to it, you can build a much better case against Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. You know? Although I would, I would like to see Various thoughts and opinions, even if they're kind of offensive, like Dice was, you know. Yeah. Considering it's Saturday Night Live, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like outside of Saturday Night Live, fuck them, you know. But as like a guest or something like that on Saturday Night Live, Saturday Night Live should have just always been a, a looser show than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right now I'm uploading uh, next week's movie. Okay. To our shared cough cough. Be prepared. Okay. Make final arrangements now. I have never finished this movie. Okay. I have attempted this movie. I have never finished this movie. Okay. It's not good. It's not good. 
It's not good. It's not good. Okay. That's all. That's what I'm saying right now. Next week, crash crash positions. Have we already done 150 days in Sodom? No, we're not doing that. Okay. No, it's a different. It's a different. It's a different type of torture. Okay. Mm. Mm. Okay. Just be prepared. <laughs> be prepared. Next week. Yes. Yes. Mm. So earlier in the show. I don't know at which part it, it, it uh, an awesome, awesome ending catchphrase. And I was like, I really got to remember this one. We get to the end of Bunny Verses. Do you I didn't. not remember it? Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. It was a poster that Jesus. Yes. Yes. That's it right there. Um, Checkmark. Yes. Uh, so that's it. We're we're in search of a catch catchphrase. Yeah. Maybe go over to our Facebook group. You know, drop a comment what our catchphrase should be. Shoot us a catchphrase. Yeah. 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 What the hell? Yeah. So that's our yeah. catchphrase of the week. Shoot us a catchphrase, catchphrase. Shoot us a catchphrase is the catchphrase right now. Yeah. And cut on that. And cut on that. No, no, this is mine. Cut on that. Cut on that. There you go. That's a good good background. Okay. Don't Don't put that in my face right now. Okay, you want to show them your fake phone? There you go. Yes. If you're like me, then you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it? But only real fans, true hardcore fans of this show would know two things about us, two fundamental facts about America's favorite podcasters, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that kids, 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 I I was on a roll. What is happening? Why did you take that from her? Okay, you sat down. She picked it up. You don't take things from her. Did you ask her politely? Answer me. Did you ask her for it? No. Did she do that? Yeah, but you've taken her stuff without asking too. Okay, you're right. She should have asked. But instead of teaching her that you're going to be unkind about it, you should use your words and ask her nicely. Now, apologize for taking it from her. And Eleanor, you apologize for not asking. I'm just gonna take that from the top, if I may. Just uh, okay. take it from the top, yeah? Take it from yeah. the top? Oh, well. Yeah. Be yeah. Quiet. I'm that just gonna take it from the that. top. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Take it from the top. I'm gonna take it from the top. Buddy! Yes! 
If you're like me, then you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays in this day and age? But only real fans, true, dedicated, hardcore fans of this podcast would know two things about us, two fundamental truths about America's hottest podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, Bunny, is the undeniably real and not made up on the spot fact about you, Bunny is that when you're not doing this podcast, you're actually writing and directing educational videos for elementary schools. So tell us, Bunny, what are some of the latest titles that you've been working on? Well, I have taken on a bit more of a managerial position, kind of like where Roger Corman sits most of the time, that kind, yes. of, that kind of position. Um, because I've gotten old, okay? But, like, I, I I broke into the industry because I was able to do the chopping sound with my voice, you know, that I can't yes. really hit as convincingly. Um, That's how you get for, in the bits. For the film strips, okay? Uh, like, you might not recognize, but one second. <sighs> That was me. That was me. There you go. There you go. Okay. You're like those people. You're like those people back in like the 40s and 50s where it's like, how did you get your, how did you start your career in acting? I had an ape costume. <laughs> and like, that was it. Like, I owned an ape costume. That's how I got into acting. I was the only one. Yeah. And he was, and he was the ape guy. That's why you always see the like the same ape in any mm -hmm. movie that has a fucking ape. <laughs> yeah, the one guy. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's how I got into the industry. The the Scholastic Education Association uh, to drop names. Okay. Award winning. Yeah. Um, was hygiene and heavy petting. Okay, so we're so we're kind of going toward the tween, you know, things that yeah. we feel that we we need. To, like you're growing up now. Yeah, you're gonna start stinking quicker. <laughs> so you're gonna have to start showering more. Yeah. <sighs> and I forgot the other yeah. portion. What movie were we talking about? <laughs> uh, no, it, that's good. That's yeah. good. And the second thing you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do here is I like to get a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. Dun, 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 dun. Or shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name shap. It's short, it's quick, but it's powerful. It's the white stripes of podcast segments. Anywho, 
This week on the old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be discussing the time that George Carlin went to the U.S. Supreme Court. Okay. George Carlin, bunny. George Carlin, all I want is to live in a nation where George Carlin and Bill Hicks would be like, wow, the government's so great right now. Uh, I guess I'll start doing airline food jokes. Yeah. Live. I just want to live in a world where George Carlin wouldn't have to go to bat for us. You know? So George Carlin, born in 1937 in New York City to Irish immigrants. Fun fact, as a young man, he joined the U.S. Air Force and worked as a radar technician. Yeah. You can't imagine young George Carlin in the Air Force, but apparently that was a thing. He was court-martialed a whopping three times. So at least the George Carlin, we would imagine being in the Air Force. So while he was uh, working as a radar technician, he started working part-time at a local radio station as a DJ. And soon afterwards, he met another DJ in the area named Jack Burns. They formed a comedy team and moved to Hollywood to hit it big. They even recorded a comedy album, apparently. So young George Carlin, before he was George Carlin, there's a comedy album out, uh, out there. After two years, they broke up to go at it solo. And sure, George Carlin hit it big. But Jack Burns was the head writer for Hee Haw and the Muppet Show. Yeah. He was also a big voiceover artist. He was one of the two crash test dummies. <laughs> you remember the commercials? Yeah. From 1985 to 1998, you know, he was one of the two crash test dummies. So good yeah. for him. He was also a writer and announcer on the show Fridays. And he was the non Michael Richards person to fight Andy Kaufman on air. Yeah. So Michael Richards and Andy Kaufman got into a fight. And then after that, he got into a fight with some studio guy, some guy in in headphones that was trying to stop things or whatever. That was uh, Jack Burns. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I find that interesting. Now, anyway, back to George Carlin. So he's doing stand-up. Well, then Jack Jack Burns paired with somebody else. Wasn't it Burns and Shriver? He he paired with yes. a woolly-haired yes. guy. Yeah. yeah. Who could have been Mario. Yeah. 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 So, so um, George Carlin, he's performing. He releases his first comedy album entitled FM and AM. And it, yeah. apparently, he, he did it specifically so that here's FM... The first side is FM. Yeah. And this is um, my observational humor and humor about life and our foibles. And then AM is, okay, it's the 60s. I'm going to start doing some weird, crazy shit. We're going to be talking about drugs. We're going to be talking about sex. We're going to be talking about some like some some different shit. And this was his transition. Yeah. FM and AM. And around this time, he started doing his most infamous routine. 
the seven dirty words you can never say on television. Funny. Name the seven dirty words you cannot say on television. Oh man. I never bothered like like shit tits prick cocksucker motherfucker. No. I I got it all mixed up. You got four of seven. So you did you did pretty good. Okay. But uh here, let me change my background. I'm sure that people who give us bad reviews on iTunes will not like this, but the seven dirty words are as followed. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. These are the seven dirty words right there that you yeah. cannot say on television. This routine became pretty see, but this is But see, this is what sucks about my brain processing information and this is why I'm not cool. In for as many times as I have heard those seven dirty words, my brain did not register it. But yeah, to all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, onions, sesame pickles, seed, onions, bun, onions, sesame seed bun. That's there. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck is that doing there? <laughs> I could also do the Meow Meow song. 300 Empire. (laughs) Yeah, gotcha. Sorry for that interlude. No, it's fine. It's fine. So this routine became pretty famous. Eventually, this became a uh, track on his 1972 album, Class Clown. And at the time, in the 70s, Uh, Certain indie radio stations, especially in big cities like L.A. and New York, they would occasionally play the seven dirty words routine. And it is that which led George Carlin's seven dirty words to go all the way to the Supreme Court in a landmark Supreme Court case. The ramifications of which are still felt today. Okay, so. On October 30th, 1973, an FM radio station in New York City played the seven dirty words. But some context to this discussion, it wasn't like WBIA FM in New York City was like, hey, cats and kittens, we're going to play some dirty shit for you, bitches. And they play the seven dirty words. No, it was a radio show. Yeah. That was discussing politics at the time, and the radio show that particular day on October 30th, 1973, was about society's attitudes towards foul language. And they played Jordan's routine. Um, John Douglas, Douglas? Yeah. Uh, Heard that broadcast of George Carlin's 70s that you can't hear that you can't say on television. He was at the time, the head of an organization called morality in media. Yeah. And they were one of the uh, conservative Christian groups that was like, Oh, kids can't know about sex. Look at this cosmopolitan magazine, a woman with a bikini on the front. Scandalous. What about the children? One of those (laughs) fucking groups. Uh-huh. Eventually, they realized, and this feels cuish to me, but yeah. they realized that, hey, 
people don't care about morality anymore. So we need to rebrand. So the morality in media organization is still around, but now they're called the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. And they're the exact same group that now they're like, well, you can't say anything bad about us because we're stopping kids from being raped. Okay. By banning everything that you like, but still. Yeah. Do you want kids to not be beaten up? Then you can't make fun of us. So that's the National Center on Sexual Exploitation. But back then they were called Morality and Media. Bunch of fundamentalists against sex and gays and etc. So John Douglas complained to the FCC. Yeah. Saying that this was appropriate. And uh, this, the FCC was like, okay, um, then we'll send a, uh, a letter to the radio station, WBIA, saying, hey, stop it. Yeah. And that's it. Maybe we'll find you a small amount, but that is all that we can do. And morality and media was like, but wait, you should be able to do more. There, This is bad words that are being broadcast and kids will hear this. And so you FCC, you should have the power to stop this and censor this filth happening. Yeah. And then people started saying, oh, you censor this what else will we censor this wasn't played for titillation this was played for educational purposes can we not teach people anymore what can we and can't we teach and so this became this massive court that bounced from uh courtroom to courtroom and eventually went all the way to the supreme court july 3rd 1978 the fcc versus the pacifica foundation This ruling officially gave the FCC power to determine language guidelines and find broadcasts that they deem indecent. George Carlin wasn't officially involved because he didn't do this, but his seven dirty words routine went all the way to the goddamn Supreme Court. He wasn't involved, but he indirectly led to, in 2020, you not being able to hear the word shit on the radio. It's fascinating that there are still people out there that are saying, hey, FCC versus the Pacifica Foundation, um, that was great for the 70s, but not for now. We need to change this ruling. We need to change this ruling because, you know, I'm still surprised that I can watch cable and hear people say shit. Yeah. That blows my mind, (laughs) you know? But if they're allowed to say shit, then why are they? Oh, my God, dryer. This isn't the dryer. It's not time for your interview. So um, I find it fascinating that George Carlin went all the way to the Supreme Court. Yeah. You know, I find this. uh, Hold on. I almost got it. There you go, right there. Find this fascinating, and I think that more people should know about this. That George Carlin. I, and, I don't know. Just kind of like Carlin's trajectory, I find kind of interesting and a little unexpected. Uh, 
because like on the very very fringes of my memory there's the hippie dippy weatherman and you know like kind of a comic character who would pop up in skits on on variety shows and shit to becoming the like college you know so that's like suit and tie young carlin okay yeah that's that's one george carlin that's the carlin i kind of sort of started with then you have then you have the college stand-up carlin okay and to me is always the picture of him on the cover of class clown you know where he's sitting on the stool with his finger up his nose and i think um that's the carlin who did the seven dirty words uh, that's the Carlin that, that did a lot of great albums and then wind up wind up getting to do them on television because HBO was needed cheap content. Yeah. If you notice, whenever you have a startup television channel of any sort, what are the things they go for? They go for, well, news programs. That's an easy time filler. They used to go. They used to go. They used to go to wrestling back in the day, but they don't do that anymore. You might go with talk show, you know. Stand up comedy was always a was always a popular bit. Stop screaming! I'm recording the podcast. It's cheap. <sighs> it's cheap to produce, and people like it. So then HBO yeah. started started making those, but it was mostly from the albums. And then when I when he returned to the seven thirty words, I forget in which special. With the expanded list, it was like, okay, there's a certain lyrical amusement to this, but you're just a guy standing on stage cursing for a really, really long time. Yeah. I appreciate the inventiveness. Uh, basically, it's just kind of like I still appreciate the work, but I felt this shit was starting to get old at that point. You know? Yeah. But, and like I'm kind of hit and miss to the other specials in that time period. Um, but then we get into the Iraq War, and Carlin does that show. That I feel we entered to, into the Carlin who is right behind you. Carlin the lovable curmudgeon. Yeah. You know? He went from like class clown to God, you wish he was your grandpa. You yeah. know? Yeah. Crotchety. Yeah. But on the fucking ball. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that 
Yeah. So that's that's all I've got for Steve's historical approximation. So it's a short one, but I, I'm surprised that more people don't know about the time that George Carlin went to the Supreme Court. Yes. Anyway, join us next week for more. Uh, it, it, I, I haven't bothered seeing the new Back to the Future movie. It's just yeah. kind of he was in the first Back to the Future. Yeah. And I think the second one. Bill it, and Ted. Sad. One, yeah. Bill and Ted. Yeah. Yeah. What did I say? Back to the Future. Twice. Oh, yeah, Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's kind of it's kind of sad. I don't know. This is a this is another movie that I have ruined for myself because when I first heard about it, the plot of the movie of what I wanted to see from this movie was full in my brain and yeah. there was no way that they were going to do it and I just kind of stopped caring. It happened with that. It happened with um, the X Files movie. It's happened to a couple of movies where, like, I heard about them and, that, like, my head wrote the plot. And I was like, eh, fuck it. I like that yep. better. <laughs> I understand that. I, I like what I think that movie should be better than yeah. it was. Yeah. Anyway, join us next time for more uh, historical fun with Steve's historic approximations. Yeah. You're just so excited to pop up in this <laughs> podcast. Well, okay, then. Random picture. There you go. Uh, funny. Yes. We still need to discuss. Uh, they shoot horses, don't they? Leslie Nielsen, uh, 70s John Lennon, Toby Hooper, Sterling Stillifant. But before yes. we end this week's movie, before, before we get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? Hey, buddy, you like We that? should take a break. Uh, I, I think you are right. We will be right back with more of the Pope on film after this. And break. You can take Bob out of the boy, but can't take the boy out of the dress. This year, Miramax Films takes great pride in extending to you an advance invitation to celebrate New Year's Eve at the Monsignor Hotel, where a dozen of the most unusual guests ever will check in. We have reservations. And a lone bellhop named Dead on his first day on the job. All you have to do is hold the fort and the night's cake. Okay. Is in for the night of his life. 
Kato, what's the problem? I haven't got a problem. I've got problems. Plural. My children are staying here tonight watching TV. Get a bottle opener! If something happens to my children, they wouldn't want to be you. The five of us are a coven. A coven of witches. An oven full of witches. A coven of witches! Tell me that's not a face you can trust. I can't handle this hotel by myself! Are you saying my wife cheats on me? I've got to get out of here. We want you to... I am not gonna cut off Norman's little... Hell of a night, huh, Ted? in a situation here, which I can possibly begin to explain. Tim Roth, Antonio Banderas, Jennifer Beals, Valeria Golino, Madonna, Ioni Skye, Lily Taylor, Marissa Tomei, and Tamlin Tomita in a new film from directors Alison Anders, Alexander Rockwell, Robert Rodriguez, and Quentin Tarantino. Four Rooms. with more of the Popon film. Act three, buddy! Act three! Act three! Spooky movie. Yes, buddy, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Popon film podcast to casually stroll on into our third act. And for those of you who may not be in the know, as it were. The third and final act of this podcast is when we finally and eventually get around to discussing our low-cost extra strength now with all-natural fruit juice movie of the week. And so this week, we finish our beloved summer-long tribute to late actor Fred Willard with with a mini-series that some call one of the best vampire movies ever, the 1978 CBS miniseries, Salem's Lot. Yes. Yes. Salem's Lot. Okay. Now, I, 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 I have now seen this movie a lot. Okay. Just by happenstance, much like Black Panther, so yeah. I might have to look at my Roku box it may have become possessed with demons. Good point. I watched Salem's Lot just shortly before um, Fred Willard died. Oh. Hmm. Much like Black Panther. So I'm, I'm expecting, suspecting demons. Yeah, that's the yeah. first place my mind yeah. goes to. I'm skipping over coincidence. I, I I'm yeah. skipping over happen chance, and yeah. I'm I'm jumping straight to the demons. It's the only answer. It's the only answer that makes sense. And then we were going to do it last week, so I watched it last week, and then yeah. like I felt like if I didn't watch it last night. I was somehow going to jinx the show. So I did pretty much what you did. I watched a good chunk of it last night, and I watched the rest of it this morning when I got up. Yeah. 
So, before, so we could talk the shit out of this movie. We can go damn near yeah. go shot for shot. But before we discuss the movie, uh, we have to go to our safe place because okay. we always start our movies in this, the summer of Fred Willard, with a trip to the beloved Fred Willometer. Yes. See just how much Fred Willard is in this film because you every film you get a different amount of Fred Willard. Yes. And I'm gonna miss the Fred Willometer. I'm just saying, I'm gonna miss it. I'm yeah. gonna miss the Willometer. I'm gonna miss the summer of Fred Willard. I yeah. feel it has been a whole lot of fun. I think this is is one for the for the history books. Yeah. Yes. And I'm gonna miss it. So in Salem's Lot, Fred Willard is realtor Larry Crockett, and you know he's a big-time successful realtor because he's got some fly-ass 70s digs. Yeah. Dig his, uh, you know, his uh, suit jackets. I dig his style. Yeah. Especially right here, he's in, like, all white, like a... Waiting for Guffman meets John Lennon. Yes. <laughs> and I was sad to see him die early. Imagine all the people, huh? Yeah. I'm uh, all the people that they're living for today, you know. <laughs> so I, I, I was sad to see him die, but his character gave me a great idea for yeah. uh, a movie or possibly a book. Um, it's a supernatural horror novel that takes place in the dangerous cutthroat world of realtors. Yeah. And the character, Buck Johnstone, that's yeah. his name. Okay. okay. He's a realtor, but he's a realtor in a small town in Maine. Okay. So when you're a realtor in the small in a small town in Maine, you know, eventually you're gonna have to start dealing with supernatural shit. I mean, it's yes. a small town in Maine. Yes. So so he's like a an amoral salesman. And at first, you you see Buck Johnstone in yeah. my mind is Fred Willard, and he's hunting supernatural things. And he's like, huh. There's yeah. a mysterious man who's appeared in town. Looks like he's going to be opening up a, a shop of mysteries downtown. I need to get to the bottom of this. I've been yeah. stalking him out for two days. He's right here it, 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 coming out of this car. I think now's my chance. Hi, okay. I'm Satan. It's me, Buck Johnstone. So you're going to be opening up a store downtown. You're going to need a lot of retail space. I'm your man. Yeah, I, I I I think I got a good ad here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, see, Buck Johnstone, because he lives in this town. What winds up happening is like, okay, uh, you, you like that house? You like that, that? Okay, that's a good. Okay, um, I can get you a really good price on that. I can get you a discounted price on that house. But full disclosure, I need to ask you. Are you okay with poltergeist? <laughs> I mean, really, they only kind of create mischief, you know. Um, 
they could be noisy though. You know, um, kind of like having sprightly mice, you know, kind of something like that. (laughs) And then from there, he would go out and how he would get into these situations is that like he would go house hunting and things like that and like exercise ghosts and shit so we can get a better better value on the turnaround yeah. of the house. Yeah. Yeah. Ghost free. Like, yeah. In my mind, he's a supernatural he's a paranormal investigator, but only for realty purposes. Hi. So are you a vampire? You're gonna need a lot of space. Yeah. A lot of open rooms for the caskets. I can put you in a really nice castle up on the hill. Maybe we could see Fred Willard go to like a convention yeah. of all the realtors um, in questionable places. You know, like the realtor from Collingswood, from Dark Shadows, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, what's that, Mystatonic? Yeah. Or something like that. You know, realtors from all of these places at a convention, just all like, like this is his costume because, well, it's Maine, you know. Yeah. But you, you know, but they could have like fucking bandoleros. <laughs> he's 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 really successful at selling property to supernatural, like uh, like uh. So you guys are werewolves, huh? I can yeah. get you in a really but he has a hard time with normal humans because it's like yeah. a, it's like a, yeah it's a really nice house I can get you a really cheap deal there is one catch this house is right by a summer camp I only sell to virgins are you guys virgins have you fucked because <laughs> if you guys are fucking a lot I can't put you in this house it's a danger I, 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 yeah. I need you guys to be virgins I'm going to have to have you sign a, a five-year no-fuck lease. Yeah. It's like, this house is really nice. Uh, it, it, there's a few problems. There's a leak in the kitchen, creaky floorboards. There is a poltergeist. I will need five years of rent up front because a lot of the people who live in this house do end up slaughtered. Yes. But you can't beat this price. Yes. You cannot beat this price. No. But this is my idea, and it's all just Fred Willard. Fred Willard yeah. is the supernatural realtor. Yes, I just love it. It writes itself. Which means, while while that all plays out, there'll be a lot of giggling in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, in my mind, it was like a funnier Night Stalker. Yes. Cold- yes. Yeah, the night stalker. Except now he's like a slimy salesman. Yeah. Instead of a journalist. Yes. But I I've been thinking about this nonstop. Cool. And cool. I just I love the idea. It's such a I, good idea. I like the idea a lot. Yeah. And I'm very upset that uh, Fred Willard uh died so soon into this three plus hour movie but he was so close Johnny five yeah Johnny five minutes Fred five 
Freddie Five. That's what that's what Natasha called him. Freddie Five, who a surprisingly number, a surprising number of times during our summer of Fred Willard popped up at exactly five minutes into the movie. He yeah. popped up six minutes and 30 seconds in. He was this close. Yes. Yes. To six minutes. Yes. Freddie Five. He was this close to finishing it off. OK, uh, we're done with the Fred Willometer. Bunny. What yes. Are your- what are your preliminary thoughts? My on- preliminary thoughts is that this is one of the, one of these movies that you you need to consider the time that it was made in. You know, yeah. TV has a hell of a lot more respect and puts a hell of a lot more money into its productions now than they did. Okay, it's starring David Soul. Hutch. Hutch. How Sorry, much Hutch. do you think, how much would you pay Hutch as a television network for him to be, I wouldn't go over 25 grand. Okay, that's me. I wouldn't go over 25 grand, you know? Yeah. That's a good yeah. chunk of your year. What am I supposed to do, support you every year? No. Yeah. So, so, it's kind of on the corny side too, because everything yeah. is—you could see that everything's pretty low budget. It cost four million dollars to make this, and yeah. it's like this is a three-hour miniseries, you know? Yeah. Like, so that's basically like I, nothing. Yeah, and I think it ages better than it is because as we kind of discussed a little it's a fucking face movie yes it It is is, uh, oh oh, what's that guy i was so happy to see james mason in this movie because before this movie i only knew james mason from james mason impressions yeah oh you've never seen You've never seen The Last of Sheila? No, I have not. Oh, I this may have been made for television, but it was a James Mason, James Coburn, Raquel Welsh, James Welsh, Benjamin, James Benjamin, and 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 somebody I I forget who else. But, oh God, that's something to check out. Uh, yeah, no, this was a this was a complete one hundred percent blind watch for me. I was surprised to see uh, the vampire played by Smashing Pumpkins frontman Billy Corgan. Yes, didn't need makeup at all. This is how yes. Billy Corgan looks on any regular day. All I knew going into this was Stephen King, Toby Hooper, Vampires. That's all I knew. Uh huh. Were those three things. And, like, this movie's a drag. Yeah. You know? It's like if you were watching this miniseries, you already know what it's about. It's about vampires. Uh-huh. But you don't really, like, so little happens. You know? It takes so long to get cooking. Yeah. It takes so. But you're distracted by that 
by the fact that there are so many famous people in this. James Mason, Eddie Izzard, the comedian Eddie Izzard, he would, uh, whenever he did the voice of God, he would make, uh, he would make God James Mason. Yeah. So he would always do a James Mason impression. So I, that's primarily how I knew James Mason. And the woman who runs the boarding house is the the human woman from Cat Women on the Moon. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. She looks yeah. familiar. And but you also got to keep in mind that like like this movie wound up being a big deal for a lot of people including like Fred Willard. Yeah. I mean, teenage mother didn't get him there where he is today. You yes. Know? Yeah. But this movie had a lot to help. You know? Yeah, uh the old teacher was Dr. Kildare. Yeah. That was the old teacher. Uh the love interest ended up being John McClane's wife. Yes. Nakatomi yes. Plaza. So that that was, was a good catch. I missed that. And she was also the pregnant dancer from They Shoot Horses, Don't They? Oh, I was okay. with that movie in college. I fucking yeah. loved that movie in college. I, I, so, I don't think I've seen it again after it was run on TV for the first time. Yeah. I mean, I remember like the overall theme and I remember Michael Sarazen was in it. I was a Michael Sarazen fan because of Frankenstein, the true story. (laughs) Because I'm still a Frankenstein freak. I will carry that to my grave. You know? And he was in Frankenstein, the true story, which is a pretty good. You know what? It was the TV movie version of Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot. There yeah. you go. With Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, Fred Willard's secretary had a, a small part in defending your life, which we yeah. did on the podcast. So there's a connection there. She did, was she, also, uh, did she or did she not remind you of the girl from the scene from the movie Heavy Metal with the robot? Yes. 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 Very much so. Fucking heavy metal. I've got an angle. And and I kept looking there and I'm like, you know, I know you're doing your damnedest to come off as sexy, but I'm having a really hard time buying into it. Yeah. You know? The secretary, too. The secretary, Fred Willard's secretary, was also the mom in Charles in Charge, the sitcom with Scott Bayo. Yeah. And this is the part that blew me away. Uh, the secretary of Fred Willard was the only female red shirt in the original run of Star Trek. Okay. Apparently, apparently, she's like well known for that as being the yeah. only female shirt does conventions and stuff like that really? because they were all guys except for one girl. There was only one expendable female red shirt. So, yay feminism! Yes, yes, she should be right up there with like Rosa Parks. 
You know, we should did, have statues. Did Uhura not count? Apparently not. She was the only red shirt that got killed. The only... Uh, oh, oh, yeah, you have to die. Okay. Yeah, expendable red shirt. Yeah, so this movie is just a veritable who's who of who the fuck is that. Oh, I was so happy to see the guy who owned the house on Haunted Hill. Yes. So happy to see him. But like, but like, it, he was in everything. He's like, he's like, he was in everything. A less recognized Michael Caine, that dude. Yeah. And he always gives a kind of a similar performance, you know? Mm hmm. But he's always kind of fun to see. I mean, he's yeah. done better, but he's usually like that drunk or, you know. Town coot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he and was in so much stuff. It was like, well, yeah, he. I, I felt he was more like, well, of course you were in this. Yeah. But... Is this, as Twitter user at Lee Corno Henry said, the best vampire movie ever? Oh, no. 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 Of course not. Because I have a list, Bunny. I have a yes. list of top ten greatest vampire movies ever made. And this is a certified list that any film critic would agree with. Any historian would agree with. Any... Uh, if you got Siskel and Ebert and back from the grave, I'm not sure if they're both dead. I'm assuming they are. Yeah. Uh, get them out of the grave and read them this list. They would say, I 100% agree with that entire list because this list is perfect. Yeah. This is my list of the top 10 best vampire movies ever. Without a doubt. Okay. Without a doubt. Okay. Number one, what we do in the shadows. Greatest vampire movie of all time, period. Okay. Okay. Number two, the without a doubt, the scariest vampire movie ever made. Number two, Dracula Dead and Loving It. So many okay. people still to this day have Liam Neeson nightmares. Not Liam Neeson, Leslie Nielsen. Yes. Boy, they have similar names. That's weird. But... Without a doubt, the scariest. Well, haven't you haven't you noticed that you've never seen them in the same place at the same time? That's they are point. the same person. Yeah. Leslie they Nielsen goes and gets a blood transfusion, yeah. and then Liam Neeson starts popping up in in yeah. in movies. Yeah. And then he so, goes away for a while, and Leslie Nielsen did the talk show run. You know? I've never seen him in a movie. I've never seen him in a. I've never seen him in a movie together. Yeah. At all makes perfect sense. Number three best vampire movie of all time, probably the goriest, most yeah. adult movie in the entire list. Uh, Adam Sandler's animated movie Hotel Transylvania. The amount of gore okay. in there is intense. Number four. Hotel Transylvania 2, a decent sequel. Okay. Number five, one of the spookiest vampire movies of all time, Twilight. Yeah. And don't worry, Bunny. Number six is Twilight 2, New Moon. Yes. Don't worry. 
that one is also on the list. Number seven, Just Bitten. Yeah. Jim Carrey yeah. as a vampire. What we all want. Number eight, Eddie Murphy's Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. Number nine, Blade Three Trinity, the one that featured Triple H as a vampire. Okay. And number 10 in my list of the top 10 greatest vampire movies of all time, Hotel Transylvania Three: Summer Vacation. That's okay. when they go on a cruise. They go on a cruise. Yeah. I mean, this movie is good. Yeah. Uh, well, like, like I think you really have to take into consideration it, the circumstances it was kind of made under, like cheap TV fucking movie. Starring yeah, David it, Goddamn Soul. When um, it was made and the time period <coughs> that it ran on TV. I, I, I saw this movie pop up on a lot of people's lists of their favorite vampire movies. And in my mind, I thought, okay, maybe. Like I was two years old when this ran on TV. But if I was yeah. like seven or eight... If I was if I was like ten years old watching this on TV, oh yeah, this would probably scare me to death, and, and I would probably grow up loving this movie. So, like, I was an mm-hmm. early Stephen King adopter. Okay, so this is the first Stephen King novel that I had ever read before the movie came out. Yeah, you know, so obviously it's a bit of a disappointment. I can't believe that you dislike that scene that you that you posted. <laughs> the one on Twitter. Which one? Uh, the- with the little boy vampire. Yeah, I thought that was a yeah. great scene. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. But I give this movie so much credit because it's, it's Toby fucking Hooper. You yeah. know? Yeah. So I give this movie so much credit because, like, this is Toby Hooper at his goddamn prime. This is only five years removed from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know? Yeah. He's still near the beginning of his career. He's still kicking ass. Two years after this, he makes one of my favorite horror movies of all time, The Fun House. Yes. Where the teens get stuck in the the, the spook house ride at the fair. Yeah. And there's like a a twisted family and a demented guy with a messed up face and he's picking them off. Like that movie I think is legitimately fright frightening. And yeah. I absolutely fucking love that movie. And then a year after Funhouse, he did Poltergeist, which some people now say was 100% directed by Steven Spielberg. But since he was a wholesome, uh, big name, he hid behind the name. Hey, no, not me. Directed by Toby Hooper. Blame him yes. when the movie comes out. Yes, but that he actually directed it. But uh, Salem's Lot is Toby Hooper at his best. He did the best with what he could on TV in 1979. Yes. My yes. favorite thing that I figured out looking up the the background of this film was that they're filming it in some small town in California and they can't get a creepy ass house. There's a house up on the hill, but it's a regular ass house and they can't get a creepy house. So they spent $100,000 building a fake front yeah. for a normal ass house. And it's just a normal ass house, but they built this massive facade to cover the front of it. Yeah. So looked like the creepy house up on the hill when in fact it's just a regular ass house with like a with like a 
you know, like Universal Studios uh, backlot ride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the pictures of that are hilarious. <laughs> the problem that I another problem that I had with this is because this is one of Stephen King's first novels. This reads like a parody of Stephen King. Yeah, you would mention that, and I, I think you would have a hard time getting it across in text. It, it, it's just this was his first one of his like first novels. But now that we've had his entire career, looking back at this first one and saying, a troubled writer with a troubled past goes to this small coastal town where an old man is opening up a strange store. And I'm like, oh, that could be eight of Stephen King's books. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But that is I, so many Stephen King's. Like, like you see things in in Salem's Lot that become so much Stephen King tropes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But but like like I, I me personally, because I was a big Stephen King fan as he was coming up. Uh, when he kind of got to Gerald's game and to Dolores Claiborne. I yeah. kind of lost a bit of interest there. Picked it up some. He had me with the Gunslinger Slinger series, you know. But like, like this was a big movie for him too, you know, because like this is the first time like his name was not a draw for The Shining. Yeah, Stanley Kubrick's name was the draw for The Shining. Yeah, because he he was super famous after uh, his big break of faking the moon landing. Yes, yes. Yeah. So Stephen King became became a name because of The Shining, and this is like the first time. And and like Carrie was before that, and he just didn't recognize it all for that shit. But this was the first time it was like Stephen King's Salem's Lot. Yeah, and like them or love them or hate them, these people are all the best television had to offer at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and a lot of them have gone on, and that's why their faces. Yeah, yeah. I I remember the big days of like uh, fucking Thornbirds, Shogun, yeah, Roots. Big ass miniseries. Oh, and of course, our favorite miniseries on this podcast, The Spoils of Babylon. Oh, yes. That amazing miniseries. God, what was the name of the writer? That's going to kill me. That's going to kill me. Something St. John, wasn't it? I don't know. And I don't want to Google it because then I'm a quitter. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Thorn Rush? Uh, uh, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Von Rush? No. Mm, tip of my tongue. Tip of my tongue. Yeah. Eric Jean Rush? Or something to that effect. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I loved that. I loved that. That was fun. And and also keep in mind that, that Stephen King miniseries for like the most part were kind of they weren't like they would get a big bump for being a Stephen King miniseries 
But the miniseries itself, they they weren't that great. This is one of the better ones. The stand wasn't bad. Yeah. You know? And if you remember, there was also a whole period, like, nobody can make a Stephen King. Stephen King movies are all made for TV because nobody could make a Stephen King movie. Yeah, like a two-hour Stephen yeah. King. Yeah. Yeah, you and that was the... Space and all the characters and all of the subplots and all of that. That, like, yeah, it has to be on TV because you need to give it, like, four or six hours. Yeah. And, and yeah. that and that um that became like a weird ceiling for him yeah. that existed for a while for God knows what real reason until pretty much Rob Reiner broke it first with Stand by Me. Yes. And then Frank Darabont did it with um Shawshank, right? I I believe so, yeah. And then it was like, okay, we can make Stephen King movies, but only these type of Stephen King movies. Something that has less of a supernatural element. Yeah. You know? So. Okay. I I was going to do a deep dive, but there were so many different roads that you can take with this. Like. Do I talk about Toby Hooper? Do I talk about James Mason? Do I talk about Stephen King? Do I do a deep dive on Hutch for shit's sake? <laughs> you talked about Sterling Siliphant. I swear yeah. like it three times in this goddamn podcast. But I decided I'm not doing a deep dive on any of this. This is our last Fred Willard movie. Um, and and sure, some were good, but others were not as good. And also, this is good. But I mean, but it's not the scariest vampire movie ever. It's a CBS miniseries, and and Fred Willard dies like an hour into it. But it's good. It's moody. It's atmospheric. If I was younger and watching this on TV at home, like in October, like this could have gotten to me. You know, if I was in like junior high school watching this on a TV where I'm changing the knob to change. It's like, oh, you know, no, this this would have been scary, but but nowadays this is just as as slow as molasses. Yes. You know? And there's there's just not that much there. But Stephen King is another one who has turned into a curmudgeon on us. Yes. If you see any interviews or anything. he and Carlin would be best friends right now. Yeah. They'd play bridge. And, and, and watching it chapter two and seeing old Stephen King appearing in a cameo. Yeah. And, and then you go like, Oh shit. Is, is he, is he the new Stan Lee? Yeah. Is he going to be popping up as a cameo, a old man cameo in every <laughs> Stephen King movie now? Are you the next Stan Lee? Damn. Oh, he but, he always was. He I, I'm pretty yeah. sure he's been in everything. Yeah. Oh, I need to watch. I need to. I need to find Maximum Overdrive. He was even in this last one, um, Doctor Sleep. Oh yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. 
I'm not one of I'm not one of those people who obsesses over the shining enough yeah. to I feel really get into Doctor Sleep. I you know like The Shining is one of those movies I have to have in my collection, but it's one of those things I would r- like rarely go to anymore. Like yeah. I-, I think it was a really great movie, but like I- I've hit a saturation point where the bunny going down on on Carl or whatever his name was just I okay you know it's just played out yeah you know yeah yeah so so but but it, Toby Hooper man I mean this film gets two thumbs up just for being a 1979 Toby Hooper directed movie you know yeah. like I I can see why people like it I. I I mean, it's age, but yeah. I, it, it was all right. It was all right. Well, again, I believe it's getting better now that it's aging just for that nostalgia factor. Yeah. You know, yeah. of all these faces. Yeah. You know. But um, but that's it for our Summer of Fred Willard. Yes. And I was thinking really hard about what movie should we do the first movie after the summer of Fred Willard. And I had a lot of different ideas and I was bouncing off a bunch of things. For yes. a while I was convinced that we should watch a movie that has come out during the pandemic because a lot has. And I'm like, what movie could we watch? Uh, maybe Palm Springs, the or or maybe bloodshot i don't know they, they're, I, but then i came to a realization that i'm really going to miss the summer of fred willard cuz the summer of fred willard was fun it yes. was really fun it was a lot of fun yes it was it was too much fun but there's always there's always a certain amount of fatigue at the close of summer yeah um the the I, star wars the summer of star wars started uh, with Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was a long haul, but getting toward the end of Saw, you know, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. But what I'm saying is, we had too much fun. Oh, yes. And we, we watched some good movies. Yes, we have. It's time for penance. Okay. We have such a fun summer that now I got the summer's over, and it's time to get back to work. And this next movie is Penance. Okay, we have had too much fun during the summer, and now it's time to suffer. So next week we are watching a notoriously bad film that I have never been able to get all the way through. One hour and 53 minutes, a four out of 10 on IMDb, a 27 out of 100 on Metacritic, and a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. Next week, Bunny! Yes. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band! We're doing it! I was afraid you were going to say Eraserhead. <laughs> no, this is worse. This is worse. This is worse than that. George Burns. Yes. Aaron. Yes. This Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Ooh, Genie's making a, a face. 
Yes. Steve, Steve Martin can't even save this. Yes. George Burns. Oh, we're doing it. We are doing it. Yeah. This is the worst of the worst. My parents had the record. My parents had the two LP record of the soundtrack of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Oh. And I vividly remember as a kid opening up that record and looking at these beautiful pictures of all these people and, hey, that's Steve Martin. And, oh, that's interesting. I never heard it. I never put it on the record player. I never yeah. listened to it. My parents never listened to it. I'm assuming at some point in time they watched it, but it, because they bought the soundtrack, but it's waiting yes. right there on the shared cough cough. It took me a long time to try and find it, but I found it. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, Peter Frampton. Peter is, Frampton. And uh, the Bee Gees. Yes. And the Bee Gees and George Burns and Aerosmith. They were they were so handsome at the time. Yeah. Uh the Bee Gees fight Aerosmith. Yes. They do. The bad and, boys of rock and roll. And Steve Martin sings Maxwell's Silver Hammer. And then it's Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band, but as far as I can tell, most of the music is fucking Abbey Road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so this is going to be fun. This is not going to be fun. This is going to be horrible. Yes, it is. Oh, we're doing this. More people need to know about this movie. Yes, people talk they about do. And it's like, if you don't mention Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, then you're missing something. Yes. So we're doing it. I am excited for this horrible movie. Yes. Although, in all honesty... I really hate Yellow Submarine. The movie? Oh, God. It's difficult to get through. It is difficult. I have really tried to like that movie, but it's 10 hours long. It has its moments, but they don't come fast enough. Yeah. I like Hey Bulldog. I like the All Together Now at the end. I like. You know, but 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 yeah, no, it's it, it's it feels like a French art film, mm-hmm. which I also can't take. That's another pro- uh, what is it? Forbidden World. Yeah, I I don't think I've ever made it through that fucking movie either. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, next week, boom. Next week, Sergeant Peppers, Lonely Hearts Club Band. I'm really excited about next week. Now I have a dilemma before closing out the show. Something that we talked about a bit on break. Okay. How do I let people know on Spotify that we're on Spotify if they don't know we're on Spotify? You just broke my mind. See? I don't know. We can only hope that they happen by SoundCloud somehow. Happen by in Spotify. And also, like, maybe passing by SoundCloud or MixCloud or iHeartRadio or Stitcher or Pandora. 
Pandora. Uh, iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. I thought I said that. I, 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 you know, so like they would have to go to another source, yeah, to find out, like, oh my god, they're on Spotify. Well, cool, it's now on Spotify, yeah, which I think is like the new radio now, right? I don't know. Natasha listens to it constantly, yeah, she has it on all the time. But as far as I understand, it's like iHeartRadio or or Pandora. It's just another version of that. Yeah. But it seems like it's the hot one. Oh, yeah. You know. As Facebook is to MySpace. (laughs) Spotify is to iHeartRadio. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm getting here. Yeah. So, throwing out a message in a bottle, we're now on Spotify. <laughs> Hooray. Hooray! So, join us over on Spotify if you want to listen to the show and watch it on Facebook. Yes. I concur. Uh, so, next week, we're doing Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which may very well be one of the worst films of all time. But now that I'm looking back at this week, yes. the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the twists, the turns, the suspense, the drama, yes. the love. I got to say, I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. This has been a damn good episode. Okay, I felt the same way, but I didn't want to step on your toes. You're the person who gives that classification and not me. Yeah. But I, I concur. I concur, good sir, with yeah. your So until next week. Yeah, I did. I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Stephen on behalf of Natasha and Maxwell and... Eleanor and Emerald and everybody else in the house. I just want to say thanks for listening and we will see you next week. You godless heathens. Everybody's outside cooking out. Cut and print. <laughs>